Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. The Green Bay Packers are atop the NFC standings. They can thank their dynamic defense for that. Hi, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for taking the time to join Rob Reichel of Forbes.com and Conley Media, and I might add the author of eight, repeat eight, Green Bay Packer books for uh, what promises to be another entertaining Packers podcast. Hello, Mr. Reichel. Hello, young fella. How are you tonight? Good. Do you notice the respect I'm giving you, Mr. Reichel? <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Gary, about... 10 years ago or so when I started to coach my kids in a lot of various things and and I went from just straight Rob to Mr. Reichel to to like this whole new generation and for years I said just my dad is Mr. you know stuff I it made me feel so old right away Gary I, I I would tell everyone all these kids and parents or whatever you know my dad is Mr. you know just call me Rob but I, I have gotten old, Gary. So now Mr. is, I, I, I guess, fitting. And, and when my kids bring around friends now and, and they try to call me Rob, now, now I tell them it's Mr. Gary. So <laughs> I, I do appreciate your respect. There you go. That, that's all the wisdom you, you've accrued over the years, right? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can fit that in a very small bottle probably and send it, send it out to sea. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Rob, before we delve into the uh, outstanding play of the uh, Packers defense, and it certainly has been outstanding, I and uh, all of our listeners want to know, this is like the National Enquirer, <laughs> how many shares of Packers stock have you bought? <laughs> oh, my God. You're that many? <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's highly entertaining. Um Hey, Gary, it's not my place or my business to tell anybody to ever do what, uh, you know, what to do with their money. But my God, I, they might as well just go into Walgreens and, you know, buy a pack of loose leaf paper for $2 and, and go home and write on there, Gary, you know, a Green Bay Packer stock, proud owner, Gary Wolfel, proud owner, you know, Joe Blow. The, the piece of paper, Gary, is... I, I get it. There's an, uh, uh, maybe a, a hint of nostalgia. Maybe there's a, you know, a, a touch. It makes you, it makes you feel good and somehow closer to the team, but, but my God, Gary, how, what an absolute worthless, you know, investment or, or, or something for somebody to throw $300 at again, it's, it's their money. Do what, do what you want, but you might as well just flush it down the toilet. That's, that's what that thing is worth. And, and Gary, you know, I, I don't want to get on a high horse and a rant here for, for too long, but you know, but you know, 50, 60 years ago when, when the team was in real financial trouble mm -hmm. and, and had to pass a hat at games and had to go to stock sales later on to kind of keep the, the, the franchise afloat, um, you know, certainly early on in, in the existence of the Green Bay Packers. And then they did have some real financial difficulties, Gary, and in the late forties and the fifties, I get it. Um, you're talking about a multi-million dollar corporation right now, right? That has, you know, the better part of a $500 million in cash reserves. And they go back to their fans in essence for a handout. This is going to end up being, I think 90 million, right, Gary, you know, 90 million, $300. Yeah. And um, I, I think that's what this, this, this will eventually raise. 
Um, my God, you know, they, the Packers don't need it, Gary, and, and almost shame on them for having another stock sale because they know, I mean, they can, they can sell grass from Lambeau Field. They can sell the snow that people shovel before the game. They can, you know, they can, they can sell cripes, almost leftover trash from the Seattle game, Gary, and, and somebody somewhere is going to buy it. And um, how, how yeah. about an Aaron Rodgers COVID card? There you go. <laughs> I think what that would be worth, right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, you want to talk an organization though, Gary, that doesn't need the money. Come on. Um, you know what, Rob, I, I, I totally agree with you. They, they have so much money right now. It's ridiculous. And I can understand when they did it in times of need, but to me, Correct. this isn't a time of need, but let me, let me share this also with you. Last Sunday, I went to a rare Packer game as a fan. Nice. And yeah, it was a great time. You know what? I, I had never done that in the years that I covered the Packers or had been to Lambeau Field. And I spent like it probably about two hours before the game going down the streets, you know, that surround the stadium. And I'll tell you, Rob, I know a lot of, a lot of reporters, you know, go park their car and they go right to the, uh, the stadium. But I'll tell you what, what an experience walking around Lambeau field on game day. I mean, it's an absolute zoo. Oh, it's awesome. Gary, there have been many times and you know, I've, I've done this for 20 years as a reporter where, where I'll walk around for an hour or so before the game and just kind of soak it in because it is really cool. And there are times, Gary, you know, where I, I've, I've done stories leading into the game um, just on various topics. I remember, you know, for example, Gary, in 09, I walked around because that was – it was a Sunday night game, Gary, before Dallas, uh, for example. And they had been 6-10 and 10 in Rogers' first year in 08. And they were four and four halfway through that, that 09 season. So they were what, 10 and 14 under Rogers and McCarthy together and, and fans, Gary. And, and I was just kind of soaking in the atmosphere of what the fan base, you mm -hmm. know, was, was thinking at that point in time. And there were guys passing out buttons, you know, fire Ted, um, <laughs> you know, dump Mike, dump Aaron, bring back Brett, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, Gary, I remember there was a game there. What would it have been? 2014. And New England came to town. And and a ton of fans from the East kind of invaded the stadium. And I did the same thing. I walked around and, and talked to their people. And, you know, it, for them, it was a pilgrimage, right, to, 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 to make the trip to historic Lambeau Field. And, and I was explaining to them, you know, they were, the, they were the organization with the dynasty, right, with, with Belichick and Brady and stuff like that. And, and, and the Packers and the Patriots that day, Gary, wound up have, probably playing the best regular season game I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, Green Bay won, I think, 26-21. It, it was an all-time football game, Gary. And, you know, just nights like that and days like that, it, it, you know, just walking around does, you know, it, it really does hit home just how unique and special that that place is. And, and the fan base is so remarkable, Gary. And I'm sure you've experienced this too many times, you know, I'll just be walking around and fans will yell at me, Hey, you, you want to come have a hamburger, you know, or something like that. You, you want a brat. I mean, the, the people are just whole, so good and so wholesome. And, and that's why, you know, back to the stock thing for a second, Gary, it, it, it almost feels like the Packers are just kind of taking advantage of, of the, the, 
you know, kind of the, just the generosity and the good nature of, of so many of these people and so many of these fans who, you know, would, would put a third and fourth mortgage on their house to, to somehow support <laughs> yeah. this, this football team. Right. It, it's Absolutely. like in basketball. Um, and it, 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 to me, Gary, it's crazy. The Packers don't need the money. They didn't need another stock sale, you know, and I'm back to that tangent for a second, but, but, but flipping, you know, gears again here, good for you for going as a fan because it is a really special and unique place to kind of go and soak in. Yeah. You know, Rob, I don't, I don't know if I brought this up with you, uh, you know, in previous podcasts, but I, I think it was three years ago. Uh, my family and I spent uh, a couple weeks over in Europe and on New Year's Eve, we were in Budapest. Okay. And we were walking around and here comes this guy, probably like about 45 years old, pedaling his bike green and gold, wearing a Packer green and gold attire. And I, I, I'm going like, we're here in Budapest on New Year's Eve. <laughs> and there's a Packer fan out and about. And then Sunday um, after the game, I had not been to the Packers new uh, pro shop, which is amazing. I mean, have you been in there? I have. Yeah, it's insane. It is insane. And I've been to a bunch of pro shops, you know, NBA, NFL pro shops. There isn't anything remotely close to that place. Maybe Vegas now with the, with the Raiders, but I don't even think it's yeah. that big. Yeah. I ran into this family, the Kassads, and it was a husband and wife and two kids, right? They came from Mexico City just for the game. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It is. It is. And, and Gary, that's why I go back to this whole thing. You know, the, they almost have a license to print money over there, don't they? Yeah. Um, what, what, whatever they do, whatever they put their name on, whatever they put their, their logo on, people are going to gobble up and buy. I mean, that's what 30 years of success has done. I, I don't think it would have been like this even close, Gary, in the 70s and 80s even though that was only a decade, 15, 20 years removed from the Lombardi years. Um, just the way this organization has caught fire in, in terms of winning and success over the last three decades with, with Favre and Rogers, obviously leading the way is, you know, it's, it's, it's just put them in the, in kind of the rarest of air, hasn't it Gary? Um, there aren't many organizations out there like that, that can, that can do this. And They've certainly taken full advantage. I mean, it, it was a mod pass shop over there, probably, yeah. you know, and, until the until that re, uh, renovation. I would say Gary in the early two thousands, where Harlan had to kind of go door to door and lobby so hard to, you know, to to get to get the taxpayer support for the renovation, and and even then, I think the Packers kicked in about half the money for for that one, Gary. I think that was about a three hundred million dollar upgrade to to Lambeau field. And I think the Packers paid a buck 50 or something on out of that. Um, and, and they've even, you know, they've taken the place up several notches since then, obviously with the atrium. And like you said, the pro shop and, 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 you know, kind of Murphy's playground across the street now uh, with the sledding hill and, and all the shops and, and, and the stores and, and the hotel, it's just, it's, it's a destination place all of a sudden, isn't it Gary? And, God knows, you know, in, in, in 1985, it was anything but. Yeah, you know, the other highlight for me uh, uh, on Sunday at the Patrick game was I was looking for a place to park, and I found one on, gosh, it was Lombardi and something, one of the crossroads. Anyways, it, it, about four or five blocks from Lambeau, right? $15, Rob. 
<laughs> you go to Chicago, you're paying 70, 80, 90, 100 bucks, you know? And I go, you got to be kidding me, 15 bucks. Because we're used to parking in the media parking area, right? Absolutely. No, but I mean, $15, it's like only in Green Bay. I mean, it was awesome. And I parked on some guy's front yard. <laughs> and he probably handed you a beer and opened up his house in case you, need, you needed the bathroom, right? You know, it was pretty darn close to that. They, they had they had bags of popcorn, and they were handing them out if we we wanted one. So, it's all funny. Yeah, Green yeah. Bay. I, I'll tell you that place is awesome. Just awesome. Gary, when I covered the uh, 2010 NFC Championship game in Chicago, the Bears had run out of parking passes, and and so my employer just said, "Park wherever. We'll, we'll obviously reimburse you." And I want to say, Gary. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I, I think that was the early game that day, you know, and, and I think, so that's usually like a two o'clock game. Um, and then, you know, the AFC game would have been at six or seven or whatever that night. And I got down there, Gary, about nine or 10 in the morning and, and got a place, you know, reasonably close. And I remember, so this is 2010, January of 11. And I remember I paid a hundred bucks to park and, oh, there you, uh, go. you know, there fortunately you go. I was, I was reimbursed, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, these other cities, you're you're paying four, five, six times what what you do in in Green Bay. So yeah, no, and 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 you don't get again, you don't get the popcorn, you don't get the beer, you don't get you know you don't get the porta pot, you don't get the you know you know Jimmy's bathroom inside. It's 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 an unbelievably cool experience, and and I'm glad you were able to take it as a fan, Gary, because that's that's a whole new perspective, isn't it? It, it really is. I I just had a fabulous time and. That's awesome. I can, I, I can see why Packer fans are, you know, consistently go to games or become season ticket holders. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just a great event. I mean, great place to be. So anyways, Rob, let's uh, talk some football here. And uh, as I said, at the outset of the uh, podcast, the Packers are atop the NFC standings and they certainly wouldn't be there without the uh, play of their dynamic defense. And, Let's take a deep dive into that defense, uh, Rob. After a, a brutal start to the season when they suffered a 38-3 beatdown to the Saints in the season opener, the Packer defense has been really, really good. In fact, uh, they ranked third, which I find amazing, in yards per game. They're third against the pass. Uh, th those are pretty heady numbers, uh, and I think they're averaging, if I'm not mistaken, 18 points a game. And that's pretty impressive. But then when you consider that they gave up 38 in that season opener, I mean, that's that's really impressive. So did you ever see this coming? <laughs> no, not, not to this level, Gary, and certainly not after week one. I mean, you make a great point there. You know, so in the nine games since, Gary, they've only given up 142 points. That's 15.8 per game, which is, I mean, with that offense, with that quarterback, with the, you know, with as much star power as they have on that side of the football, you know, Roger says this all the time, you know, if, if, if we can't score 20 points um, to win a football game, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Rogers wouldn't go as far the other day, Gary is, is <laughs> kind of saying, you know, they're a, they're a team now built or led by the defense. But, but they are Gary. I mean, there, there's no question. This is, this is a defense first football team at this point in time. It's a, it's a defensive led operation, especially when, I mean, by now, Gary, you know, it, we know who everybody is, right? I mean, after a yeah. game or two, three games, those are two small sample sizes. By the time you get 10 games into a season, 
you know who teams are. I mean, this is this is no different than being 50 games into an NBA season, 90 to 100 games into a, a baseball season. Did, did you I mean, say 70 games 70. into an NBA season? No, I said 50 <laughs> out of your 182. <laughs> yeah, I think you're being complimentary there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, when, when, you, when you do the math and, and translate it, you know, yeah, 10 yeah. out of 17 – is you know 90 games into a, a into a baseball season sure. so you, you know who people are by now and and Gary you know what they are they're a very average offense and they're an unbelievably good defense and yeah. and who would have ever thought we'd be saying that or have seen this coming I did think it was a defense on the rise and I said it many times at the end of last year under Petten but I again I, I thought they were going to go backwards after week one and how they got hammered by New Orleans. And, and, and I didn't like the pick of Barry as coordinator. I, I thought there were some other places they could have gone in that hire. I, I didn't like his track record. Um, but my God, Gary, what, what, what they're doing without Jair Alexander, a top three corner in football, um, Zadarius Smith, clearly their, their best uh, pass rusher over the last two seasons. Other injuries along the way right? Kenny Clark has gone down at, at times this year. Uh, Rashawn Gary now is, is beat up. Kevin King has been out um, of, you know, they, they, they've lost people across the board. And Barnes missed a couple of games, Gary, um, you know, just it's, it's absolutely remarkable what they're, what they're doing on, on that side of the ball, you know, on, I, I, I do think Gary, they have to be concerned offensively. They're, they're, they're 20th in offense. They're 19th in scoring offense. When they, when they get deep into the postseason, is, is that unit going to be good enough to get them past the Rams, to get them past Arizona, to get them past Tampa Bay, to get them past Dallas? Maybe it is Gary, because, you know, maybe they'll only need to score 23, 24, 27 points in those games because the defense is playing at such a high level. But Gary, what they've done in these three straight games now that we're talking about, Kyler Murray um, on the Thursday night game, Patrick Mahomes when they went to Kansas City, and and now Russell Wilson in the shutout last Sunday. You're you're talking, I mean, I I think undoubtedly they're three of the top six quarterbacks in the league, right? Yeah. Uh, throw Rodgers in there, throw throw Brady in there, throw Josh Allen in there, and to me, you probably have your six. Maybe I'm missing somebody, Stafford, I guess, Dak Prescott. Um, you know, so certainly I guess three of the top eight, Gary. But I mean, Mahomes has won a Super Bowl, Russell has won a Super Bowl, and I think Kyler Murray's gonna be in the top three for for MVP this season. And and they hold the three of those teams together, Gary, to 34 points, eleven point three per game. I mean, come on. That that's yeah. unbelievable. One touchdown pass for those three guys in a three game window. Green Bay picks them off four times. They shut out Russell. Patrick Mahomes has the worst game of his career. No, it's it's absolutely remarkable, Gary, what's going on on that side of the ball. Rob, uh, you had a fantastic story this morning on uh, Forbes.com about the Packer defense. And I, I was thoroughly impressed that you broke down the passer rating. <laughs> I'm a big passer rating guy, Gary. I don't buy, I don't buy this made-up ESPN QBR stat. So but, I, yeah. I never, I, I never use that one. I, I like the passer rating one. I, I just, I don't trust that QBR one. But that passer rating for those uh, aforementioned quarterbacks, I mean, that, that was incredible. I mean, it, it just showed you what a high level this defense has been playing at. Oh, uh, it's, it, again, no, I mean, it's, it's absolutely nuts. 
and Gary, not, you know, not just the passer rating, but, but I, you know, you look at those three quarterbacks and they can all kill you with their legs, right? Especially yep. Kyle Murray and, and together I'm, I'm just looking here, 51 total rushing yards in three games from those three quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking Kyler Murray's like a, you know, he, he's like a guy in a video game, Gary, the way he can run and, and move around. They limited him to 21 yards, you know, with, with his feet, three and a half yards per carry. Uh, Mahomes lost yards running. And I, I know, you know, he, he's more of a pocket passer than these other two, but, but he can beat you with his feet. And Russell Wilson is absolutely dynamic with his feet. And the three of those guys together, Gary, you know, on top of the, you know, the job they did defending the pass, they bottled them inside. I mean, there, there was no room to escape outside. And, and that's where they've had a lot of breakdowns in recent years, Gary, These, you know, and, and we'll see what happens in a few weeks when they get Lamar Jackson, he'll be the next major challenger. You're, you're talking about maybe the greatest running quarterback um, of all time when, when they see him in a few weeks, Gary, but they've been able to bottle these guys up and keep them in the pocket and keep them outside. And they haven't been able to turn the corner and get loose and, and run wild on them. And, and some guys have done that in the past, Gary. I even, I even think back to a guy like Mitchell Trubisky who hurt him, you know, hurt him yeah. over the last couple of years with his feet. And, and, and that's been a common theme that the quarterbacks have gotten out and run on these guys. Uh, you know, the, these last three, Gary, who are as good as you'll see in a, in a three game window, probably on any schedule uh, across the league this year, uh, Green Bay just did a ridiculously good job of bottling them up, bottling them up their offenses, their passing games. I mean, Gary, when you think about the weapons, you know, that, that they had to go ahead and slow down and, and take away, not just the quarterbacks over, over the last, you know, few weeks, but, but just the, the barrage and the bevy of, of phenomenal receivers that they've seen too. Right. I mean, Hopkins and, and that group out in, in Arizona, you know, Kelsey and Hill and, and that group in, in Kansas city, you don't, you don't probably don't get many better duos than, than Lockin and Metcalf uh, in Seattle, Gary. And I think they each only had two catches in that game. So no, it's, it, it it's ridiculous. They're doing out without Alexander, the, the rest of those guys in the secondary uh, Gary are, are just playing lights out. I mean, I, again, second week in a row, I'm going to sit here and tell you Kevin King ranks among the players of the game. Uh, which is, which is amazing that I, you know, uh, that I'm saying that, but he does. Um, Adrian Amos. Yeah, you know what, Rob? Hell just froze over. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. They, Gary, he keeps this up. He's going to get some pretty nice money. Um, yes, he is. Done, um, from, from somebody. And then that's one of the reasons he came back on that one-year contract was, you know, to kind of prove it. Well, when he's on the field, Gary, he's proving it. Of course, that's always been, the biggest problem with Kevin King's game is he's on the field about 60% of the time, which, which isn't good enough, obviously in, in that league. But I mean, a a Amos Gary is just as steady as he, as it gets. He's mm -hmm. always where he's supposed to be. You saw him breaking up deep balls the other day, Savage is on the rise and, and playing ridiculously good opposite of, of Amos right now. I mean, Gary, I, I, I haven't broken this down and, and looked close enough, but, but I would think Stokes is going to have to get some consideration. Probably won't win it, but but among the defensive rookie of the year candidates, won't he? 
Um, yeah, the, the, the kid from Dallas has it wrapped up. Yeah, Carson. I forgot about him. Now you're right. You're Micah, right. Carson, Micah, Micah Parsons, Parsons has this. Yeah, no, and, 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 and that, that could be a landslide now that I think about it. But you're probably talking, Gary, about one of the five best or five most impactful yes. defensive rookies that are, that, that are playing out there right now in, in terms of Stokes. And, you know, I mean, Sullivan has taken up his game, like we've talked about King, Rasul Douglas. I mean, Gary, even without Jair Alexander, that, that's an elite, elite secondary right now. I mean, it's it, it's ludicrous. So, I mean, think how good they will be or could be if at some point in time they get Alexander back. Um, but, Gary, I mean, the fact we're sitting here past the midway point now, they're 8-2 and two with all these injuries that they've had, holding on to the number one seed. I would argue they're, you know, toward the back end of this ridiculously difficult part of the schedule that we circled and kind of talked about, um, you know, I think Minnesota this weekend is going to be tricky. The Rams are going to be tricky. Baltimore's tricky, but Gary, after that, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about still Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota at home, it, you know, Cleveland at home, with, which has had its struggles. It's, it's not that tough outside of those three, outside of those three teams that, that this, this Packer team, Gary really is in the driver's seat for the number one seed. Oh, you are so correct. You know, Rob, it seems like everybody on defense has played well. I mean, Kenny Clark, it, the more I watch him, the more impressed I am. I mean, this, this guy plays not at 110 per, at 100%, but 110%, you know. <laughs> but he, he's amazing. His motor doesn't stop. And uh, they're very fortunate to have a guy in the, on their line that good. And then you look at Rashawn Geary. He has clearly taken his game to another level. And uh, as you mentioned, the safeties, uh, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, I mean, they've been really, really good. But the two guys that have really impressed me the most have been two guys uh, that have basically come out of nowhere. I mean, you alluded to Eric Stokes. He's one of them. Uh, I thought he'd be, you know, a uh, work in progress that it would take him at least till the middle of, of this season, if not more for him to establish himself. But I'll tell you what, that kid doesn't back down from any receiver. I mean, he's, he's fearless out there on the corner. And the other guy that, that has thoroughly impressed me is Devondre Campbell and Rob, how he ended up in green Bay before the start of the season. I mean, talk about a gift from the heavens, you know, for the Packers, this guy has been fantastic. Gary, they, they've lacked any kind of, firepower and star powered inside linebacker for the better part of a decade right yeah in fact this guy the fact that this guy was sitting on the street at the start of june i mean there, there's no way they could have expected this they were they were looking to plug a gap gary they were they were thinking all right maybe he can give us more than than the guys we have on the roster right maybe we won't be forced to you know whatever play an Oren burks or you know somebody like that the kid out of Minnesota that they wound up cutting Martin, um, you know, and, mm -hmm. and very quickly, you know, Campbell, Campbell passed all those guys. Um, it took him about a week at training camp though, Gary, 10 days. Um, he was running with the twos and maybe that's just because he, because he came in late, but I mean, it was clear he was making as many plays on a day in day out basis as, as anybody on that defense. And, and they, they bumped him up to one. He's been making plays ever since. The other impressive part of that dynamic there, Gary, is, you know, over the last two or three 
games, you know, Barnes has been really good again. He, he probably, he undoubtedly had his best game as a Packer two weeks ago in that Chiefs game. But now if, if you can pair him and, you know, pair he and Campbell together and they can keep playing at this kind of level, it's going to give the Packers their best set of inside linebackers in a decade, Gary. I mean, you're, you're going back to Desmond Bishop and Hawk, I guess, in, 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 in probably what we're looking at, or, you know, Nick Barnett there in that, in that 2010 range. Yeah. Um, you know, Barnett got hurt though, that Super Bowl season. If you remember, it wound up being Bishop and Hawk that year. They were trying to, they were trying to phase Hawk out actually that year. And, and you remember they started the season in Philly and he didn't play a snap, but then injuries crept up and, and he had to play and, and he played okay that year, Gary, but that's all AJ Hawk ever was. You know, he was okay. They Campbell's a difference maker right now. You know, as long as Barnes is, is steady and solid, Gary, they're better at that spot that they've been than they've been in a long, long time. And, and the fan base, you know, and rightfully so. And the critics have, have yelled and screamed that, that Ted Thompson and then Brian Gutekunst really needs to go and get an inside linebacker in the draft at some point in time. And it's, it's largely a position Gary that they've ignored. Um, I mean, think about it. They'll have plucked uh, both of these guys really off the street, right? They're two starters. They, they found Campbell in June. They found Barnes after the draft, after he was undrafted. Yeah. So it's not like they spent a, a, you know, invested a whole lot to get either one of these guys. And, 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 and obviously, you know, Campbell's played, Campbell's probably going to go to the Pro Bowl, Gary, if he keeps playing like this. And, and Barnes is a guy, you know, I always look at it like this, Gary, when you're talking about a player, is he somebody you're going to need to replace in the off season, right? Is he somebody whose starting job is on the line for 2022? Barnes isn't, you know, Barnes isn't going to be replaced. He'll be back. He'll be a starter next year, which means he's, you know, done everything you've asked him to and, and, and everything, you know, that, that they've wanted at least here over the last couple of games, Gary, if he keeps playing like this, he's in their future plans. So no, that, that, that position in particular has been, has been really, really good. You know, and God, Gary, I, I think back to even just three years ago, when they didn't have a safety on the roster worth a lick, you know, that, that was the year, ha ha Clinton Dix, they ended up trading at the yeah. deadline and he, he was God awful. They had, they had Tremont Williams then step into a safety role. And, you know, he, he wasn't a safety, obviously, you know, he, he's a Packer hall of famer as a quarterback They they had Bryce at, at one of the safeties. I mean, it, it was just a mess, Gary. It was a garbage show. And, and this, this duel they have right now too, when you, when you think of how far Savage has come, and Amos has been everything and more they could have expected in free agency. They, they've got as good of a combination at safety right now, I think, as almost anybody in football. You've got your smart, steady veteran in the back. You've, you've got a guy like Savage running around who can make plays. God, Gary, he can cover downfield. It, you know, in many ways, and, and this group might even be, even be better, but in many ways, Gary, it's almost like the Eugene, Eugene Robinson, Leroy Butler combination in, in the mid-90s that, that won a Super Bowl one year and then and then lost the following year to Denver. It's it's probably playing at that level, Gary, because Eugene was so smart and and he never missed an assignment. And they they did whatever they wanted. You know, Leroy played all over the field. He'd blitz quarterbacks. He'd cover tight ends. He could he could stop the run. He could shore things up in the back end. I mean, Leroy was an unbelievable football player. And and this group right now, Gary, is is playing almost to that level. So no, I'm I'm it, you know I'm I'm amazed, Gary. I, I thought it might have a chance to be a top 10 defense, 10 to 12. 
I didn't think it would be a group that's going to wind up challenging to be the number one defense in football. No, no, not at all. Not by a long shot. You know, uh, talking about Campbell, the guy has 88 tackles, Rob, 88. And get this, to to show you just how good that is, that's 28 more than the Packers' second leading tackler, which is Amos, okay? 28 more. (laughs) And uh, you're right. I mean, he's playing at a uh, Pro Bowl level. And, you know, when uh, Stokes was drafted, um, I was texting an NFL executive, and he was convinced the Packers were going to take a corner like a lot of people. But he thought it was going to be Campbell, the, the kid also who came from Georgia, as did Stokes. But I'll tell you what, Stokes has just really, really improved as the season has gone along. And like, like I said right ne- uh, earlier, the guy's fearless. He, he's not afraid to take on any big-name uh, receiver. And you know what? You know what is so scary about him, Gary, is he's still learning. He's still making mistakes, and at times that costs him a step or two. Mm-hmm. But you know what he can do that almost nobody else can? He can recover. You know, when you run a 4-3 like that yes. um, and, and you're beat on a double move or, or you're turned around somehow and now a guy's got three, four yards of separation, Gary, he can close that out in no time because of that ridiculous speed. And, and when he gets, you know, when, when he totally gets it, on the mental side of things and he stops getting beat and you combine that speed. I mean, I, Gary, I don't know how teams are going to throw at him. And then on the flip side, how are they going to throw at Alexander? Right. I mean, they are, they are set, they are set at corner um, because I certainly assume they'll give Jair Alexander a long-term deal here. um, Even in spite of this injury, Um, they are set at corner for a long, long time. And, and Gary, I, I was one of the people on, on draft night that thought, man, they, they have other needs far, you know, if, if they're going to pass Tampa it, it, is corner the way to go is, you know, do they, do they need another wide receiver, which I still think they do. Um, you know, yeah. they, they had taken some hits on the offensive line. We didn't know about Bakhtiari. I thought, man, should they shore up that position? You and I have talked forever, you know, is the defensive line good enough? Should they go get an end? Should they, you know, should they get another piece there to, to help Kenny Clark out? Should they get an inside linebacker? Right. And, yeah. and, and, and they went the, you know, they went the path of corner and it's, it's, it's gonna, it, it certainly appears Gary, it, it's going to work out for them. And, you know, in this league, I mean, defensive coaches will tell you, you got to rush the passer and you have to cover. And, and when they see a team like Tampa Gary in the, in the postseason and in the four or five wideouts that Tampa can throw at you, they probably have enough good corners right now, Gary, to go line up and match up and, and slow Tom Brady down in, in a game like that, they may have enough to, to slow down, to slow down Dallas, right. To, to slow down Cooper and, and lamb and, 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 and the ridiculously, you know, Michael Gallup and, and Wilson and the group that they have in Dallas, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Rams have taken some hits Gary, you know, with, with, with dumping Deshaun Jackson and, and then the injury to woods, that group to me doesn't look quite as strong as it, it did a month ago. Um, Arizona has some pass catchers, but we saw what Green Bay did to them, um, you know, three weeks ago, Gary, in, in, in that matchup out in the desert. So I don't know. In past years, Gary, I, I kind of felt when, when you got deep in the playoffs, Green Bay was going to have to get to 30 to win football games um, in, in divisional games, in NFC title games. I, I kind of always thought that was maybe the magic number. 
I would say right now, Gary, the way this defense is playing, I, I'm not sure a lot of teams are going to go over, you know, 23, 24 against this group. They're, they're a touchdown better, Gary, at least than, than, than the defenses Green Bay has put out there the last, you know, 10 years plus on the way to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Aaron Rodgers and his uh, return on Sunday. And uh, it was interesting that uh, when the Packers were introduced, uh, the defense was introduced and not the offense. <laughs> and then uh, Rodgers, I, I thought, played fairly well. I mean, you know, he didn't throw any touchdown passes and he had one interception, but he was 23 of uh, 37 for 292 yards. Uh, had a solid game. Um, what I was surprised though, was after the game, I actually sat right around the 30 yard line and it would be on the East side, I guess it's South Southeast side of the stadium. And when Rogers came off the field, I mean, there were, I'm venturing to guess three, 4,000 people waiting in that area where they exit the field. And they just gave him a rousing ovation and you could tell the guy was touched. I mean, you know, no matter what he said or has done, uh, he's still a Packer, and uh, they, they, they were showing their loyalty, to say the least. But it, it was kind of a touching moment. Well, I think, I think what I said last week on the show, I knew, you know, I think we kind of could forecast something like that would, would certainly happen, right? Yes, he, yes. Exactly. You know, he, he, took, he took a beating nationally. Um, you know, the, the, the late-night talk show hosts are still giving him a, a lot of business, you know, on – you know, the cold bears of the world, right. He, you know, it, it, Gary, it had to sting him deeply that, that a show like Saturday night live would go after him because he's talked for a decade plus how one of his dreams was always to host that show. And then, you know, it, it wound up, you know, his, his path onto the show was them ridiculing him. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, that, 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 that was, I mean, pretty, pretty remarkable turn of events because, you know, my guess is, you know, he, he had kind of invaded, um, you know, Hollywood a little bit here with the, with the whole Jeopardy thing, right? I, I think Saturday Night Live could have been in his future still. And I, I know that was one of his dreams, but, but man, Gary, like we talked about last week, you know, he was, he was taking, you know, punches from, from all angles after his, you know, um, you know, COVID situation, we'll just, we'll just call it and his, his lying to people. And, but you're right, Gary. Um, much like Ryan Braun is is still, I think, 95% of the fan base in Milwaukee, um, you know, still think very highly of Ryan Braun. Um, once a brewer, always a brewer. Okay, you did this. You're still part of the family. We we forgive and forget, and we're gonna welcome you with open arms and give you a big hug. And and it was the same, I think, on Sunday for Rogers. He talked about getting misty eyed. He talked about that, you know, coming from Preston Smith a little bit, walking off the field with him. But I'm sure a lot of it too had to do with the fans and that, you know, and that ovation. And and Gary, I'm sure he knows. I mean, it, it's no secret at this point in time. There's there's almost no logical, conceivable way he is back in 20, 2022. That every time he exits Lambeau Field, you know, he's down to five games there, four games there, three games there, whatever the number is, right? Um, every time he steps off that field, every time he steps on the field, Gary, and then steps off, it's one fewer chance. And, and he knows his time there is, is, is numbered. 
He knows next year it's Jordan Love's team. He knows next year he's probably wearing a Broncos or a Dolphins or a Texans jersey or something like that. And, you know, like, like we talked about at the outside of the show, Gary, Lambeau is special. Um, wherever he goes, I mean, I guess unless it's maybe Dallas or Pittsburgh or something like that, it's probably not going to be the same warm, fuzzy feeling that it is on a, on a Sunday afternoon after a snowstorm in Green Bay, right? So um, not surprised at all, Gary, that the fans gave him that kind of ovation. Again, opened up their arms because, again, it, it, it almost doesn't matter what these guys do. They, they've got on that green and gold jersey, and, and to a lot of the locals, Gary, to a lot of the fan base, uh, they're always going to be heroes. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with you, Rob, that he's as good as gone. But there's also a part of me that says he isn't. I, I think that, that there's a chance he's going to come back. I mean, from a financial standpoint, I, I totally agree with you. But to me, it would be so ridiculous on both parties, Rodgers and the Packers, for him to bolt. I mean, they have such a good thing going, the both of them, you know, not just the Packers but Rodgers as well. I mean, you, you know how many quarterbacks would love to play in Green Bay right now? I mean, it, it's it's the Mecca of football. And uh, again, I, I think he is out of here, but at the same time, I, I'm not uh, ruling out the possibility he's staying either. Well, Gary, here's the thing, okay? And and we can get in all the financials. I think we bore people to death. Yeah, with it. yeah, I mean, no. We, the, the real simple thing is, you know, they're 36 over the cap. He counts 46. So, Gary, if he did come back, he's not playing with this level of a football team, right? Correct. Because for them to get under the cap, that means they're getting rid of Zadarius Smith. Maybe they're not re-signing Jair Alexander. They're getting rid of Billy Turner. They're getting rid of Adrian Amos. You know, they're they're getting rid of Mason Crosby. High-priced contracts, Gary, mm-hmm. okay? So he has to also ask himself then, okay, what are, what are my chances of winning a Super Bowl with six fewer starters than they'll finish the 2021 season with, for example, coming back in 2022? Now, again, Brian Gutekunst has drafted incredibly well. You never say never. He could, he could you know, find four starters in the draft at, at rookie contracts playing on the cheap. They can get themselves under the cap and, and Rodgers comes back. You know, but a lot of these guys, Gary, that that he's won a hell of a lot of football games with since 2019 would be in different uniforms then instead of Aaron Rodgers. I, I still think, Gary, the general manager, wants to see Jordan Love. It, it's his guy. He wants to see where this team can go with a quarterback on a rookie deal. Rookie quarterbacks in the first round, Gary, don't sit for long. And Exactly. Um, you know, I, I but again, Gary, if they go and win the Super Bowl – I think you and I have talked about this. How do you let him walk, right? The fan base yeah. wouldn't let you. It'd be a PR nightmare. Then, then he's pro- then he probably is back, Gary. But, but again, all these pals that that he's won what what were 30, 26 and six and eight and two, so thirty four and eight. He's thirty four and eight, Gary, since twenty nineteen started. You know, all these pals that have helped him win eighty two percent of his games uh, since that point in time. You know, he's missing five, six, seven of those guys then come 2020. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rep, though, let, let, let's say he wants to get out of here. I mean, realistically, where is he going to find a better team to play with? I, I agree they would lose a bunch of guys, but we just got done spending whatever 30 minutes talking about that defense. 
and barring Zadarius Smith and maybe one or two other guys, the vast majority of those guys are coming back. So they're, they're going to be in every game with that defense from my perspective. Uh, so for Rodgers to go, I mean, unless he's really got something in mind, I mean, he's got a goal or a place he wants to go. You know, I, I can understand that. But other than that, I, I think you'd be absurd to uh, leave Green Bay. Well, again, none of us know behind the scenes how deep, you know, this fractured relationship with management really goes, right, Gary? Um, they, they, they can tell you things at a podium in terms of what has really irritated them and, and how they're trying to get them fixed and, and, and getting through the season. And that management is listening to Rodgers a little bit more, you know, at the trade deadline or, or when it comes to signing a guy like OBJ. Uh, but again, only Rodgers, and, and I don't, you know, I, I, I think he said a lot, Gary, when he came back uh, in, in late July in the 35 minute rant about it was, I think is what he had when on, on that opening press conference when he, when he came back to town, but, but he also didn't get into great detail or specifics of, you know, all the things that are really, and nor should he, you know, bothering him right now about the general manager. None of, none of us know if, if, if that can ever be fixed, fractured, things like that. You and I, obviously anybody in the workplace, Gary has had, had problems and issues at various times with, with supervisors and bosses and, and things like that. And you have to make a decision, right? I mean, mm-hmm. can I, can I continue to work at, at such and such a place with, with this going on or that going on, or do I want to go and and look somewhere else? I'm with you, Gary, just on paper. Um, there probably aren't more than, you know, three, four teams out there that might have a better roster than what green Bay has with an Aaron Rodgers part of it. And, and it it might be as good as it gets with, with Rodgers, Gary, you know, but um, again, maybe that relationship. And and again, only Rodgers Mm -hmm. knows this. He's an all-time grudge holder, Gary. We know that he, he doesn't forgive and forget a lot of people do Rodgers. Rodgers doesn't really do either one, Gary. And, and, you know, if he can't get a lot of this stuff fixed and, and I, I, again, I'm still betting he can't and he won't and, and they have the handshake deal and they, and they whacked off the final year of the contract, Gary, for a reason. I think everybody inside kind of agreed 2021, let's go for it. Last dance, you know, then everybody's on their merry way in 2022. I still think that's what's going to happen, Gary. But again, you never say never. Um, certainly over the summer, I had my doubts that he'd ever play as a Packer again. So um, we shall see, but I think right now for the fan base, just enjoy year 17 of Rogers. Just enjoy this run because nothing is promised after this. You are absolutely correct. Uh, hey, one, one other thing I wanted to uh, touch upon with Rogers and uh, tell me if I'm reading too much into this, but after the game, he didn't meet with the media. He did it via zoom. Is that correct? He did. Was he sending a message? <sighs> Boy, I, I don't know. Obviously, he doesn't have to mask up, Gary, when he goes Zoom. <laughs> exactly. Right, and he goes to the podium now, and he and he has to he has to wear a mask. He'll. Uh, I would assume, anyhow, Gary, he will do his normal media duties tomorrow, which is Wednesday. You and I are, are taping this on a Tuesday, um, and it'll be interesting to see. He talked at length, Gary, about how tired he was after that game. He didn't have his normal stamina. Obviously, COVID and a in a week and a half of not practicing kind of, I'm sure chipped away at, at his strength and his stamina. Um, we'll, we'll see how he does this from now on, Gary, if um, you know, if, if his Wednesday, 
is is going to be a zoom if you know if, if it's going to be a podium after games if it's going to be a podium we'll we'll see how he plays it from here on out Gary I I don't I don't know if I'd go as far right now quite as is saying he, he's trying to send a message but but hey a guy like Aaron Rodgers is probably always trying to send some kind of message isn't he yeah you know the one thing I noticed in that uh zoom session with Rodgers was how subdued he was uh, I, I know he was physically tired probably mentally tired but he was subdued and you don't see that too often in in, in one of his press conferences usually, usually he's pretty I'm, I'm not gonna say cocky but pretty darn close to cocky right uh, you know when, when he uh meets yeah, he's got a lot more zing and pep nor yeah, you know, he, he, however he, you want to, you know, spin that, you know, Gary, if, if it's in a cocky way, if it's in a happy way, if it's in a confident way, no, he, he almost looked more pissed off the entire time tired. Yes. But, but also just irritated and agitated. You know, I, I, I think somebody pointed out 20 minutes into it, you know, Aaron, Aaron you haven't smiled once during this, you know, what, what's no, going he didn't. He, he was yeah. really subdued. I don't think he was upset though, Rob. I, I didn't get that impression. Maybe he was, but I, I thought he was more subdued. Like he he had just been in, in, in the ring with Ali for, you know, 15 rounds and he just came out and he looked physically and mentally beat down. Yeah. May, maybe you're right Gary. You know, I, I'm this, this whole ordeal I'm sure has taken a huge toll on him. I, I, I you know, Gary, I, I think if he was honest, I, I, I would have to guess the way a lot of people throughout this process kind of turned on him and took shots at him. I, he's a guy, Gary, who has been terrified of public criticism since the day he walked into that building. He hates it. Um, Gary, there have been stories I've written where, you know, the last sentence in a story might say, you know, something negative about him or something to that effect. And he reads that and he'll bring it up. I mean, he reads everything that's written about him in every media outlet everywhere. I mean, he's, he, you know, he, if it's not him, he's got his cronies reading and reporting back to him, Gary, is his little spy. So I think, it, you know, when you add up this whole ordeal, Gary, I, I think I think at the end of the day, he was really hurt by it. You know, I, I agree. I agree. He was hurt how many people turned on him, how many people took shots. And I think you just kind of saw a guy, uh, you know, at the end of that, at the end of that game on, on Sunday, who then went to meet with the media, who probably was just, exhausted and, and broken down and and bummed out Gary that that all this has happened because you know think about it two weeks earlier when he had met with the media after a game it was you know probably their biggest win of the year going and and, and winning in Arizona without his top wide receivers three top three wide receivers and they and they pull that one off and here he is two weeks later right and who could have forecasted that he'd, he'd have a week and a half of this kind of craziness and 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 um chaos and no he, he he was a guy Gary that just seemed flat out exhausted and, and again I'm I'm sure when you add it all up he's incredibly hurt um how this has all played out you know Rob when we uh, had our first podcast we were talking about how this could be a really really fun season really intriguing I, I'll, I'll tell you what this, this has just been an an absolutely fascinating season and we're only halfway through it. I mean, there's so much more to come. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think any of us saw some of the storylines coming that have played out. I mean, if you think of the surprises, Gary, you know, in the storylines, and, and we've hit on a few of them here, 
right? I mean, uh, the, the emergence of Campbell, the Rogers vaccination story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the stunning play of the defense. Um, the fact that Green Bay's offense has been substandard, Gary. You know, they're, they're in the bottom half of the league and no in the question. two most important statistical categories. I mean, yeah, everything about this season, Gary, is or, or, or many, many things have been a surprise. I would say the one thing maybe that isn't, though, is the fact they're eight and two. Yeah, you know what? I, I think you and I are on pace for, for our predictions for the year, right? I mean, we had them kind of at eight and two at this point. Yeah, I think I had them 13 and four, Gary. So, they're, you know, they're certainly, yeah. they're, they're, they're playing even a little bit better than that. And, and in the hunt, you know, for 14 and three kind of, kind of pace right now. I, I, I will say this Sunday's game to me sets up as a real dangerous one though, going to Minnesota. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that's a good segue to our uh, final topic here. Uh, the Packers played the Vikings on Sunday in Minneapolis and uh, the Vikings obviously have a four and five record, but uh, I don't think anybody should be fooled by that. Uh, I was uh, going through their results and I, I knew they were in a bunch of close games, Rob, but they have had four losses by four or fewer points. So, I mean, this is a better team than a lot of people expect. And you look at their offense, it's, it's outstanding. I think they rank ninth in passing, ninth in rushing. They're seventh overall. And uh, what's more, they get Harrison uh, Smith back, their Pro Bowl safety. And, uh, you know, this is uh, – I'll bet Zimmer, whose job is on the line, is saying, hey, we got to win this game. No, you're spot on. I mean, yeah, Gary, I, I was going through those as well. Their, their, their largest loss is, is seven points. Yeah, uh, crazy. You know, a, a touchdown. So they've all been seven or fewer. You know, the five losses together, Gary, are, are 18 points, which is 3.6 points per game. And you look at how they lost, Gary, too. This could easily be a six and three, seven and two kind of football team instead of four and five, right? The field goal kicker, Joseph, misses a 37-yarder as time runs out in Arizona and they lose 34, 33. I mean, that, that's an extra point um, yeah, yeah. in essence that he's missing as, as time expires, right? They have a two score lead against Baltimore, Gary, a couple weeks ago out there and, the, and they wind up blowing that game and losing that in overtime. They lost to the Bengals in overtime, Gary. So they're 0 two in overtime games. I mean, they, they have been in every game. They're not, they're, they're, they're certainly not getting blown out. They're not going to get blown out on Sunday. They'll, they'll go blow to blow with the Packers. Uh, Gary, when they went, when they went out to Los Angeles to play the chargers on, on Sunday at three and five, I kind of thought that was, you know, that, that was their make or break game, right? Go to three and six. You're, you're, you're really on life support. When we start talking about the playoffs in a deep and loaded NFC that we have right now, the fact they went out there and won that game, Gary, I'm sure gave them new life. They're eighth right now in the conference. I mean, they're one yeah. spot out of a playoff berth. They're tied for eighth. And they, they steal a win and upset the Packers on Sunday, Gary. They're back to 500. They're probably into the playoff picture or playoff race overall. And, and they've got totally new life going to the, you know, to really their second half or their final seven games of the season. No, they're, they're incredibly dangerous, Gary. You, you're, you, you know, Jefferson's 10th in the league in catches. Thielen's 18th. Um, you know, Cook is remarkably good, 650 yards, almost five yards a carry. When, when, when Minnesota came to Green Bay last year, Gary, in the COVID year and won, 
biggest reason they won was Dalvin Cook. He ran wild in that game. He controlled the the the, the pace of the game. Um, Minnesota was able to dominate time of possession. Everything Cook did set up play action. He missed that second game, Gary, if you remember, up in Minneapolis, and mm-hmm. the game was entirely different. He'll obviously be on the field for them come Sunday. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Smith coming back. Um, they've got a few other real studs on that defense, Gary. No, you know, Kendrick's, with Kendrick's, Kendrick's, Kendrick's is all terrific, up. yeah. Kendrick's is outstanding. Yep, 92 tackles, Gary. Dan- Danielle Hunter, six sacks. I mean, and, and some of those young guys, Gary, that, you know, they totally turned the defense over to last year. You remember Zimmer re- completely rebuilt that defense yeah. last year. He went young. Um, they, they, they heavily invested in the draft. That group got better as last year moved along. They've continued to make strides this year. No, this this is a this is an unbelievably dangerous game, I would say, Gary, for the Packers, um, who have to feel really good about themselves right now, being the number one seed in the conference. But Minnesota could change that in a hurry come Sunday. Say, Rob, uh, speaking of Zimmer, did you see where uh, he had a press conference on Monday, and uh, in the middle of it, he stopped to take a phone call from Deion Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I did not see that. I'll bet that went over. I'll bet that went over real well with the media in Minnesota. <laughs> oh my! You know, I, I remember a phone going off in a Mike Sherman press conference near the end of his time in Green Bay, Gary, and 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 rightfully so. Um, you know, people should be smart enough to turn off their phones when they walk into those rooms. But but Sherman absolutely lost it, and he walked off. The, he walked away, Gary. Um, you know, ended his press conference like that. It's a, it's a, it's a double, it's a little bit different, right? When the, when the coach gets a press conference rather than the, 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 than some guy from the star tribune, right? Oh, precisely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob, uh, my, my producer, which is me <laughs> just gave me the uh, one minute warning. Uh, oh boy. Any, anything else you want to touch on real quickly before we uh, call it a wrap? No, I, I would just say, you know, again, we're going to delve deep, I know, into the Matt LaFleur deal um, in, at some point here, I think, Gary, in the next podcast or two, and just go over what, what he has done, right? 30, 34 and 8, yeah. is that what I added up to earlier? Two 13 and 3s and an 8 and 2, yeah, 34 and 8 is, is what he's sitting at. Gary, what, what, what he went through last week to get Rodgers ready to play, also get Love ready to play, and, you know, having to do Rogers on zoom all week, um, you know, not having him in the building, not having him at practice and then go out and beat what, uh, what I still consider a, a playoff team in Seattle. Um, now I know they're, yeah. they're struggling a little bit, but, but that's a damn good football team Absolutely. And it, it has been for a decade and for him to be the Super Bowl winning coach, like Pete Carroll, I mean, I'll, I'll give Matt LaFleur a lot, a lot of credit, Gary, um, Again, the offense wasn't outstanding by any stretch of the imagination, but they were pretty darn good in the fourth quarter when they needed to be and pulled away with those two late touchdowns. So, um, and, and, and I know you and I both want to get into this deeply in, a, in, a, in an upcoming podcast, but the job Matt LaFleur continues to do, Gary, is pretty darn impressive. You are correct, sir. Well, Rob, uh, you know what? You had a uh, Packer defense-like performance today. It was really <laughs> top-notch. <laughs> are you agreeing? 
Oh, I, oh, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> but believe me, Gary, you're, you're the one who puts the ball on the tee though for me every single time. So if yeah. I can hit it, if I can hit it straight down the fairway, that's all I need to do because you're, you are, you are the ultimate setup, man. Oh, the check is in the mail. <laughs> so anyways, Rob, good talking to you and uh, thanks for everything. And thanks again to uh, our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Whipple and Whipple's Press Box.com.